Hey everyone, I just wanted to jump in here real quick. You may hear uh, my voice cutting out on this particular episode. One of our mics is still continuing to have some problems that I am as a novice struggling to figure out. So I just wanted to apologize in advance, uh, especially if that annoys you, because I know it annoys me when I'm listening to episodes. But I think that most of what I said got through enough uh, that it's still worth a listen. And we appreciate your patience. Thanks and be well, movie lovers. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to In Love. Uh, oh, you're supposed to do one word oh, at a time. Man, this is why I'm not doing improv. <laughs> to, to In Love with Movies. Yay! <laughs> you just did improv. <laughs> I'm Danny. And I'm Nick. And this is, wait, we just said that. And this is In Love. <laughs> wow. Wow. This, we're like three seconds in and this is already off the rails. <laughs> this is probably why we've mostly been having guests lately. So what is it that we do here in Love and Movies, Danny? Yeah, uh, let me tell you, Nick. We talk about love and we talk about movies. Indeed. So, so every week we uh, discuss something having to do with every love. Every week. You're right, it's every month. What Keep trying. Hell? Movie lovers, I want you to come at my wife on Instagram. <laughs> at Danny Miami Forest. It's right underneath uh, us right now if you're watching on YouTube. Go find her on Instagram and be like, hey. I love your podcast so much. I love hearing your voice. This is what she needs. She needs the outward validation. Okay. Love hearing your voice so much. You should start doing it every week. And then maybe, maybe if enough of you do that, we will convince her that for our next season, starting in September, at the anniversary of our marriage, that we'll start doing it. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, Unless... I'm curious. What number? What number would it take? Money-wise? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, like, no I'll take money. No. <laughs> what number of people adding you or like hashtagging uh, weekly love movies weekly? Hashtag love movies weekly. Hashtag love movies weekly. That's improv right there, baby. If uh, you know how how many of the people adding in love with movies are adding you on Instagram with that hashtag, the hashtag of love movies weekly how many people would it take for you to then agree to start doing this as a weekly podcast 100 100 okay you hear it you've heard it here movie lovers now you know all you have to do is uh, i will count the tweets i know danielle won't look at them but i, will well, count them. I don't have a twitter because it was co-opted by a porn site <laughs> Oh, so God. don't tweet me <laughs> unless you want a link or two. <laughs> that is not her. Just uh, random. also, it's not a joke. That really did happen to me. Truly, as much as uh, she's good at the improvisation, um, that was a thing that occurred. So, anywho, uh, anywho's of what's it? Hey Nick. Yeah. Why are people only hearing just me and you and not a super fun, charismatic guest? Um. Well, because because we don't have any more friends. We're, oh. That's not accurate. We actually have like a back catalog of people we're trying right, to book okay. right now. I know. But we figured um, we would, A, today's going to get a little bit of a bit of things for a while because it's just the two of us, and B, 
we don't usually cover a new movie. We typically are covering things that are, you know, somebody's past and history. But today, we wanted to cover the new movie that we got to go see. I convinced you to go with me in theaters. What was that movie? Thor, Love, and Thunder. That's right. So for that reason, we also decided we would just go ahead and have it be us. And then what is the other reason that it's just the two of us and we don't have a guest? I was not prepared to answer this question. Is it because we're, I love how we're you threw it at me as if our relationship? Yes. Oh, very good. Okay. Excellent. All right. Excellent. So movie lovers, if you've been following us for a while, you may if some have, have shared with us, see us as being sort of a lovely example of he is, he is so amazing and everything is hunky dory and their lives must be amazing because they are so deeply in love that they never have any problems happily ever after. Yes, according to Instagram, you know, people are like, that's a happy couple. I'm going to say we're not a happy couple. We are a happy couple. However, we are currently on the back end, I would say, of coming up with a bit of a stormier time in our relationship. Yeah. And so, to go along with the theme of Love and Thunder, we thought we'd go with, uh, you know, stormy times in relationships. So, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, without getting too deep for us or too painful or anything or too detailed, but what that's been like for us, are we working to come through it? Um, and sort of just sharing a little bit of our story. As those of you know who've been listening to us, you know that we're we're not experts and we don't claim to be, but we want to share like, hey, this is some of our experiences. Maybe it maps on with some of your experiences. And and hopefully if you do see us as sort of a paragon of, you know, hashtag uh, relationship goals, don't. you will also <laughs> see that that's great and and you should but part of being the goals is that sometimes as you have been saying a lot lately marriage is hard marriage work is hard <laughs> hard work, hard work. <laughs> and hard sometimes it can be difficult but you know what honestly no one really ever told me that sure and i know that sounds real dumb and we talk about this a lot but you know fairy tales existed in my upbringing as they do in everyone's yes i didn't have a dad so i didn't have like a healthy relationship to go off of um and so everyone's like oh it's the marriage part then you're done then things are good then it's happily ever after nbd um and the truth is that <laughs> marriage is work the wedding is believe it or not folks just the wedding. yeah the wedding is just the wedding it's just the party yeah the fun, marriage is what's party. important yeah and not only is the marriage what's important but like it's and we, I know we've said this before on this podcast because we've gotten this advice from some friends of ours, thank you very much, Rick and Sarah. Uh, love is a choice. And as we've said, uh, you know, each day you have to make that choice. Every single day you have to make that choice with your partner, whether you're in a marriage relationship, whether you're fully committed or not. And that's the difference. Like when you're early in a relationship, you're making that choice, except it seems to be really easy. And there's going to be days where it is very easy. And there's going to be long stretches where it's just really easy. And like you're making the choice without even thinking about it. And then there's days where maybe it's a little harder. And some days where maybe the thought that you are committed to this is not a hard choice, but how to then make that continue to work or how to choose to put in the hard work is the more difficult choice, wouldn't you say? Agreed. <laughs> Thanks very much. All right. Love that. Love that. Uh, toss over to you. I was trying to be like, hey, I'm talking too much here. Let's hear my wife for a little bit. Agreed. Yep. That's. That's how it goes in this marriage. It <laughs> talks a lot, and I'm like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I would agree. That is some of the best advice we've ever gotten. That love is a choice, and it's something that you choose daily. 
It looks different every single day. I choose you every stinking day, Nick. But some days it's just harder than others. Some days I want to just boop your nose. <laughs> boop, boop my nose. <laughs> and say, no. No, Nick, no. And I'm sure there's days you want to do that to me too. But I, <laughs> I am glad that we are talking about this because we are in couples counseling right now. Indeed. And it's honestly been very, very helpful. It's just nice to have a third party person being able to like relate what we're trying to communicate to each other. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, but I do mention that frequently, I guess, to my friends. And it's been very shocking to see how many of our friends are also in couples therapy. Yeah. Why do people not talk about no this? No one talks about it. I know the therapy in general has been taboo, but I think True. we're starting to get over that. And especially I mean, a lot of our talk times came from a pandemic, which we can talk about in a second, but it it's okay to have someone else who's not your mom or your best friend or um, your coworker to talk about your relationship with. And so if any of you are out there are in a relationship, you're thinking about getting married, you're in a domestic partnership, you're just in it for the long haul, I highly recommend just maybe even once a month having a third party person sit with you and have you talk through some things. It's been really helpful for us. Yeah, and one thing I think I, in retrospect, somewhat regret is us not having kept the couples counselor relationship that we had before we got married. So this is a pretty common thing. Individuals who have ever gotten married may know this. A lot of times, officiants may even insist uh, upon you going through some form of couples counseling. Uh, if you're doing it in a particular religious faith, they might literally have a priest. That's a choice. Premarital counseling. Yeah, premarital counseling of some kind. And it's just sort of ensuring that you some of the more serious conversations like how are we going to handle money? Are we going to have kids? If we're going to have kids, what kind of tradition are they going to be raised in? How many kids do we want? These are all very important conversations one should have before they get into any form of a lifetime committed relationship, right? And so whether it's spouse or legal or not, like if you know you're going to stay with the person, you should be having those talks. Don't let those things just happen. So we went to that. We did. And it was, and it was good. I think it was helpful for us. We very much also sort of felt like that particular counselor was expressing some of what we felt at the time, which is like, wait, why are you all coming here? Like, people normally come to me when they're having problems, and you all keep expressing how you're communicating really well and all the <laughs> things that I normally have to teach people, these skills that they'll have. And so we, I think, got pulled into sort of a false sense of security. Like, yeah, we got this. Mm -hmm. We know how to communicate. We're perfect at this. Mm -hmm. Even the therapist said so. <laughs> I now wish that we had just kept, as you described, some sort of, uh, of maybe even just quarterly. Maybe yes. it doesn't even have to be every month, but just like you have an established counselor therapist uh, that's for your couple that you go to and you check in with things. Because then when you do reach the stormy times, it is a lot easier to utilize that relationship that already exists, the support that already exists, um, and to just maybe pick up the frequency. I don't. I didn't mean for this to be entirely us plugging couples counseling. But I, 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 just to go off on that same tangent, the experience we have had is when we first started these stormy times that we're talking about, and things had gotten very difficult, and we were discovering that we were not communicating effectively with each other uh, very well anymore. We started looking, and we went through what two, three, I think, yeah. three before we found the one that we're currently now with and happy enough. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a, it's a chore, like trying to find someone that you know it's a network that you're going to be able to do, and then how you're going to pay for it, and then do you have like a good vibe with that person that both of you each individually feel like you get along with them, and that you're not feeling ganged up on? Like that is a like that's tough, and to be having to do that 
and that requires a lot of sharing and communication about what you each want and need. Doing that while you're already in a stormy time is even harder. So as we're saying, like, I agree with your sentiment of like, hey, if you're listening to this and you're in a relationship, maybe like look into establishing that now. And even though things are feeling awesome, just be like, hey, babe, I think maybe it'd be a good idea for us to start finding one. And then we have that relationship. And then five years down the road when you've, you know, passed through some of your honeymoon phase and everything, and you're like, hey, shit's not working as well anymore. Uh, it's a lot easier. And you just already have this person that you both trust. And then you can go work and work through it with them. That's just my thoughts. All right, I'm going to step down now. <laughs> That's okay. No. Agreed. I'm just kidding. I'm going to say more. Um, <laughs> I also think just talking about the lessons that we've learned, maybe you all can take this into your relationship or in a future relationship and take this with a grain of salt. We've only been married four years and, it, you know, we're still working on it. But some big lessons I think the therapist has taught me and Nick together is that it's never going to be perfect. No relationship is literally ever going to be perfect. And I think we had such high expectations and everyone else was like, oh, you guys are great. It's fine. You don't have any issues that if any little thing went wrong, we we're like, this is not perfect. What is wrong with us? Yeah. And then unfortunately, Nick and I are both very emotional humans. <laughs> and so he would get upset and then I'd get upset for making him upset. And then he'd get upset for making me upset. And then it was like truly a downward spiral of Indeed. Of never being upset at the other person, of being upset at ourselves because we th we felt like we weren't good enough for the other person. Yeah, like we kept hurting the other person, we were being very angry with ourselves for having hurt the other person, and then ironically, the other person seeing that in us and then blaming themselves. And then the cycle. Yeah, so we're working on if we don't, if we have a miscommunication or we don't agree with something, we're never going to agree on all the things. Like, Nick is an introvert, I'm an extrovert, <laughs> starting right there, there's going to be a lot of disagreements. But just taking a step back and being like, okay, what, you know, like, it's okay that we don't have the same opinion on this. How do we communicate effectively so we're both getting what we both need? Yeah, and without getting into, again, too much, too many details, but I think that uh, you guys aren't our therapists, believe it or not. As much as we joke about this podcast being couples therapy, no, 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 um, that's not your role here. Um, that I think that piece right there for us was a big crux, and I don't think that that's a unique thing. That, that difference, I think, exists in a lot of different relationships, that introvert-extrovert thing. And we kind of already knew and had had some struggles navigating that even early in our relationship. I can remember the concept of Nick Time. Was that what you were yeah. about to say? Yeah, go ahead. No, What's I was going to say, because I like the body body. She does. She Nick does. does have Nick Time. And when we first started in our relationship, Nick was like, yo, I just need Nick Time. And I was like, okay yeah right you're banging other ladies during this nick time and nick time truly was nick sitting on the couch playing video games but to me as an extrovert i did not compute because i get my energy from being out and seeing other people and doing things and nick is the complete opposite yeah we were just out at a nice uh like festival last night and you were kind of like well i'm gonna go stay and you're gonna keep going and i was like honestly i, I like had to learn to compute like i need to go home and this is overstimulating there's way too many people here like it's been fun but we're, we're at my threshold and you're like okay and <laughs> okay and <laughs> also i need to <laughs> learn to do the opposite too to be like i'm always go 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 and so i've had to learn to come down to your level a little bit and just chill <laughs> it's okay to chill i guess yeah and we've helped out a lot with balancing each other's timelines and then we can get into a little bit more of some of the, the cause, which was, I think, every couple, I mean, the divorce rates went through the roof over the last three years. Because people, you know, even, even if you had a good, healthy, happy, healthy relationship, let's say you've been together for 10 or 15 years, that 
that 10 or 15 years, you had probably established norms and behaviors and things that included, let's say you got a situation where we're both going out of the house, and then we all know what happened to last year for years, where there was times when I was limited, and then even when the guns started to become more available, there's differences of opinions, and that's something where you and I both differ in terms of our start points, I think, in terms of uh, pandemic-related fears in general, and also the difference of our start points in terms of extrovert versus introvert. Me and like, uh, when you're first telling me I got to spend a month, especially when it was only close to a month, <laughs> inside the house and not see anyone else, I'm like, man, that sounds rejuvenating. That sounds awesome. You were like, that sounds petrifying. It sounds like my worst nightmare. It was. And then it ended up being way more than a month. So it was her nightmare. And I was also upset about other things and very uh, anxious and depressed because of health stuff. So. Yeah. And I think we both were walking on eggshells with each other because Nick knew I was upset about not getting to go out and do things. And Nick has depression and it, it flared up a bit during the pandemic. And so I think I really just internalized everything because I didn't want him to be sadder or scareder. <laughs> sadder or scareder. Which resulted in us basically hiding from each other, again, trying to always protect each other. That fear, like, oh, I'm always going to the bubble. Fear of always trying to hide or protect each other. By the way, I'm just going to throw this in there, uh, movie lovers. If you've ever experienced this, I, we love our validation and words of affirmation. So if you want to, you know, again, hit us up on socials, maybe even just you can slide into my DMs and say, like, hey, uh, my partner and I had this same situation. Just, you know, props to you. Uh, you're not alone, kind of thing. That would mean a lot to me, at least. So, and then I don't matter if we share it publicly, because that's kind of what we're doing here is being like, hey, all, everybody has this. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look the same for everybody, but. For us, I think Correct. it really was, we love each other so much that we're trying so hard to protect each other when we didn't need protecting. And instead, we needed to come together rather than just be like, oh, I got this. Oh, you got this. Yeah. And so I can attest that uh, saying your feelings out loud, I don't like to do that as much. <laughs> it's just like not my thing. I'd rather um, cope via comedy and make jokes about everything. But being able to say how I'm feeling in the moment out loud has really just helped us in our relationship because when I say it out loud it's not as scary as when I what I think it's gonna be when I never say it and Nick also is like oh okay like you're just able to be like oh okay I can see how you're feeling that way and it's just so much easier and even if it's hard something that I say out loud you're still like okay let's move like how do we work on this how do we compromise how do we communicate better to make sure that doesn't happen again yeah and I think there's been moments where he's been trying to do that better as verbally slap the other person in the face yeah. Where you just like, oh <laughs> man, that that like I almost physically feel that hurt with words you just said. Um, but then it's like, well, I'd rather process through it as opposed to um, we've definitely had the experience where like you're not sharing something and I can sense that you're not sharing something, and then I'm like needling you and pressuring you to like share the thing. You're like, no, it's fine, it's fine. Because you're trying to protect me, and then that creates yeah. more tension. And things really do stack up. Surely. It's kind of the same way and the same reason why I uh, I really like exercising because it's your body's way of getting rid of a lot of the emotions and the things that are on the inside. Sure. Like I'm able to just scream or cry or just sweat everything out. And I feel so much better after I exercise. And it's the same thing in our relationship. Sometimes we scream or cry or sweat, <laughs> but we're still able to get it out and feel better about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think what other thoughts or pearls of wisdom that you think we've learned or have experienced portions of it uh, that you're comfortable sharing. Anything else? Overall, we said this at the beginning, but 
I think no one should go into a relationship thinking that it's going to be perfect. Sure. Screw any movie or any TV show that's not real. I think, I was going to say Modern Family, I think, is a good example of, like, it shows that marriage is not perfect. But, or any relationship, you don't have to be married. But if you really, truly want to, like, this is your person, it's going to take work. It's like exercising. <laughs> you have to keep working it out. But it's, it is worth it in the end. And I saw this TikTok recently where it's like, I don't ever want to leave my partner because I'm just going to leave his problems for someone else's problems. Every, and I know that sounds simplistic, but every human true, is going to have problems. So going back to that love is a choice thing. If you're choosing your partner, you're going to have to choose everything that comes with them. Yeah. Nick ain't perfect. Nope. I am, but he's not. And so, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, so learning to deal with our imperfections and not not being upset about it personally, like as myself being like, oh, I'm not I'm not good enough, or not being upset with Nick if he isn't perfect either is is okay. That's how we get through every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about the sitcoms thing that you said, I, I, I do think Modern Family maybe is a better example. Obviously, more modern things are always going to be slightly better examples for the most part. But even that, like, there's just so many things that are lying and it's done for a job. Just remember that sitcoms are not designed to be there for, for like, relationships. Like, you have to, but you have to, like, stop yourself and think about that because it's often the things that we grow up with. It's the thing that we're socialized to expect from relationships that we don't force ourselves to stop and think about. That's not what the purpose serves. It's just the example you've seen. Um, and with that, I would say, like, I've had, I think, maybe more long-term or serious relationships than you mm -hmm. in the I past before we met everyone but had no relationships you had a couple but I, but I mean like i think maybe even the ones that were longer or whatever mine were more long and more serious and doesn't matter anyway because of that all i was trying to get at is like i do remember times where i had struggles so to speak with those other people and most of the times sooner or later they obviously uh, turned into this wasn't gonna work out you know what i mean and the thing that's different for me, and it's hard to put my finger on it, but I think we always talk about that, like, oh, someone's got the it factor, I just knew the moment I met them kind of thing. There is something to the idea that there's something unique about this person that makes them be the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. But that doesn't mean that it is going to be, that it's because they're perfect and they will never be flawed and they will never cause me pain. Know that sooner or later in every relationship, be it... Um, a business partnership, be it a colleague, be it your best friend, be it your partner romantically for life, be it a family member, uh, a parent, a, a sibling. Sooner or later, so everyone will cause each other pain. Pain is a part of life. It is a part of relationships. It is a part of the multitude and complexity of the human existence. Um, but so pay attention for when you find that element in a person that isn't, oh, I see them as perfect but instead is there's something about this person that allows me to feel more comfortable being vulnerable with them and allows me to be I don't know, like just willing to experience the pain and interested in getting through that together. And for me, at least um, like also a person that kind of allows you to be your full self. Like to me, that is a truer instance of successful relationships somebody who allows you to be your true self and somebody who like lets you say the things that are scary to say and is still there with you like not that it's going to be easy to get through but like that they say it and you feel comfortable then working through that together that is 
from my experience, um, potentially a once in a lifetime thing. So. Yeah. Okay, so cute. I agree. I just want to add one thing. If you think someone is purposely hurting you, that is not your person. I never purposely try to hurt Nick. Correct. I do hurt Nick, but I never ever do it on purpose, and I don't think he ever does that for me. Absolutely. So if you have someone that you think is purposely doing it, get out, man. And I would argue that there's a limit to the pain. Like we're talking um, sort of emotional pain mostly, but even that. Um, I think it's easy to be like, okay, so, you know, not a physically abusive relationship. I, I'm glad you brought that up because we, we need to give that caveat. I don't want anyone to hear this and be like, well, maybe they don't, you know, maybe they're just misunderstood or I can work through with them or they're always trying or they never mean to lose their temper and, you know, whatever. Um, a, if a person is physically abusing you, period, there's no excuse for that. Um, but even emotionally, like, recognize this thing. Even if it's not intentional, um, that it just, like, see the truth of whether there might be the possibility that that person will just always be toxic for you. And that, you know, the other thing I didn't say, but I feel like it's implied, is like, you should spend more time happy than hurt. Like, hurt's going to happen, but that should be the thing that happens occasionally as opposed to uh, consistently. Yeah. And I will say, Nick and I have had some struggles. It's okay. We're saying it. But I think every single time we do have fights or disagreements and we work on it, we do come out stronger. Yeah, I would say that's, that for me, and I, and I know I've expressed this to you before, that for me was the huge click with us, all of what I was trying to describe earlier. That's the simple it. Like every time we get, it's truly like, A, she puts up with me, um, insisting on us continuing the process through it until we are both feeling better about it. And so that sometimes can be a lot. Um, but also that just be, you can reach sort of when you feel like you've reached the end of the conversation, it doesn't just feel like, okay, we've reached the end and we're no longer talking about it, but I'm still holding something against you. Instead, you reach the end and you feel stronger and you feel more connected. You feel closer. If you find that in a person, that's something to hold on to. Don't say like, I'm going to find the person that I don't fight with. Find the person that you uh, feel better after having fought with. That was deep. All right, well, with that, <laughs> well, uh, move into the second portion of our podcast. It might be a little bit shorter today, unless you have anything else to add. Mm, no. <laughs> I guess the last thing I do want to say, though, is like, if you do feel like you're struggling, it's okay to share it with anybody. Literally anyone. I've also shared a lot of my struggles with Nick with my friends, and they've been there to to help me and to talk to me about that it's not the end of the world as well and also sharing their struggles as well like i said that's how many how we found out so many people actually are in couples therapy which is awesome so don't feel like you're alone i think the pandemic made everyone feel like they're alone and then um being in a relationship and having it not seem perfect can can be scary to admit out loud and i had to get over that a lot i am not perfect what but once I did, I just felt so much better, and I was able to find a community and a tribe, and um, and uh, just a better peace of mind. So this was a very somber version. I guess not somber, but serious version of our love topic. Yeah, serious. We we, we struggle to be somber when I'm like you, yeah. especially. I was gonna. I'm like, should I tell a joke or something? Okay. But on the note of finding someone. Therapy worked for us. 
does not have to be therapy. Not at all. Um, but also take the courageous step out there and talk to other people. You might find out that there's, we as a society tend to, at least in the United States, gear towards coping with things in silence and not sharing with others. And then the moment you share it, everyone's like, yeah, that's a normal thing for us too. And you're just like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Mm-hmm. So whether it's therapy or whether it's just the struggles that you've been having and men especially, I think we tend to struggle with that in this country. Like, Reach out to your friends. Um, if you've got some dude friends that are, you know, like you can share that with it's, it's I guarantee whoever it is, no matter how good you are in your relationship, I feel like if you want to grow up in the United States and you're a man, it's going to be hard the first time you're doing it. But I, sooner or later, you'll have friends that like you might see them open up and then that actually might make that friendship closer. And maybe that means you only have that one friend that you feel comfortable going to with that stuff. But, uh, but do so, because I bet you'll be surprised at how um, common and shared your struggle is way more than you think. All right, that's the last thing I'm saying. Um, in the words of Tim McGraw, I just played this song earlier, so I guess this will be my last words. Be humble and kind. And it, it helps out. Does it relate at all? Sure. It's always good to be humble and kind. <laughs> Relationships are just a lot better when you're humble about who you are, where you are, and you're able to share it with other people, and when you're kind to others who are going through the same thing. Amen. All right, you want to take us into the, uh, the, the ads? Here's some ads. Is that what I'm supposed to say? In love with movies. Da-da-da. And we're back. Oh, we're, we're, we're doing that now? Is that part? Okay. So we're back. Movie lovers. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm, and this is Danny. You, you just came through some ads potentially, and now you, uh, you're back to see us. And Danny, what movie are we covering since we got through that somber, stormy times of our relationship ad? Yeah. Speaking of storms. <laughs> we just saw, just released, Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> this movie is the 748th Marvel movie <laughs> to come out this month alone. <laughs> no, it's just the 748th Marvel property. Yo, yo, yo. TV shows. There's literally two Marvel movies in the in theaters at the same time. Like, isn't that the first time this has happened? I don't think so. That is too much. Be. Oh, sorry. I'm getting into my opinions real quick. Okay. Tell, Nick, give us a little, uh, your credits about Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, man, I didn't actually compare oh, those. Shoot. Oh, no. Okay, so opening credits. I'll just do it from the, the top of my head. Uh, for everyone who's listening to this knows the opening credits that came out in 2022. Uh, it was directed by Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. starring Chris Hemsworth for himself, the lady Natalie Portman. Um, <laughs> some thoughts there. Uh, oh, God, I'm like spacing on Valkyrie's actress's name right now. Uh, Tessa, Tessa Thompson, Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. She's old enough. I'm glad you mentioned Christian Bale. That would come up. Russell Crowe. Yeah, does he star in it or does he just have like a featured role? Chris Pratt. He's in it. Dave Bautista. So like all of the Guardians are in yeah. it. Yeah. Someone's name is Palm. By oh, the way. that's Mantis. Um, spoilers from here on out. Oh, yeah. We should have said that. Like, I just like. Because we're going to spoil the crap out of this movie. If you have not seen Thor Love and Thunder, please, we love you movie lovers. We're glad you listened to us get lost. Leave us in your queue uh, and go watch the movie and then come back and listen to this. Or if you're the kind of person who doesn't care about spoilers and you're maybe like someone from the We Love the Podcast newcomers and Nicole Byer, um, if you like just don't give crap, then listen to us anyway and hear our thoughts on it. And maybe that'll keep you from feeling like you need to go. So 
that's up to you, but spoilers from here on out, because Guardians of the Galaxy are only in it for, like, two minutes. Truly. Like, and it's a two and a half hour long movie. Uh, I think this one was actually, like, two hours. Okay. Thank God, am I right? And I would agree. This was not Yikes. my favorite. You're going to see movie lovers we are more manifest on this. And I feel like the audience has kind of been there as well, and, and critics seem to have been that way, but one of my biggest complaints right off the bat is not only from the trailer, but I feel like even more so from sort of where we left off in Endgame, it felt like we were going to be setting up a um, movie that was going to be like, apparently it was a comic series called As Guardians of the Galaxy, where like Thor was part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and that was going to be the movie. And honestly, there was like a cool montage that was okay. kind of that. This we are not the first ones to say this. I have to to give credit to some other people. I think that like Jeremy Johns might have said this, and I know um, Dan Burrell said it. Some people we watch on other podcasts and things. This movie feels like it was like two to three movies that they just couldn't like decide what to do. And apparently, yeah. as we've heard in the news, like Taika Waititi's original cut was like six hours long or something. Just no, absolutely. it was four hours. Okay, but. Four. It's, I just checked, one hour, 58 minutes. So it didn't even hit the two hour mark, which for Marvel is wild. Yeah, truly. They Especially like for all the characters. Yeah. So to have Taika Waititi shoot and think that the best parts were four hours and then have to cut that in half again. Yeah. Just made the movie feel so disjointed and a little confusing and very, um, there was a lot of parts where I was like, I don't understand why that was the way it was. <laughs> like, we're, like, jumping with no real correlation to this sequence, and then there's kind of some things that happen, and it's like, joke, 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 there's not really any substance, joke, 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 then we're going to jump to another sequence, joke, 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 and then another sequence, and it's like, oh, then we're at the end of the movie. Yeah, so before we get into our thoughts, <laughs> if you couldn't tell already. Oh, yeah, we need a Danny Stingle. Uh, Is that what yeah. you were going to say? Yeah, I think I should Danny Stingle, but I almost already blacked out from this movie and didn't want to remember it, but... <laughs> We can, right. We'll try it. <laughs> All right, so it's time for that segment everybody loves. Time for Danny's Dingle. As Guardians of the Galaxy. Destruction. Heavy metal. Arms, 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 baby. Oh, gore. God killer. Murder, murder, murder. I must go now. I am sure I go alone. Cancer. But Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Stormbreaker. Things that don't make sense. Rainbow. Goats. They all died the end. They all died the end. Did everyone die? Well, we'll talk about it, but yeah, that's. I mean, I just remember those parts because the rest of it in the middle was. Um, okay, can I tell my overall thoughts about Marvel and people come at me? Do it, all three listeners of this at podcast. Danny Miami Four. <laughs> Only on Instagram at Danny Four. You can come at her as hard as you want. Go and just go right into those stories, find her story, and then even though it has nothing to do with Marvel, just be like, "You're wrong about Marvel." But only say things about Marvel. Don't say bad things about my character. Okay. <laughs> Please and thank you. I I kind of said this at the beginning jokingly, but I'm being very honest when I think that this phase of Marvel is truly too much. 
they opened the multiverse and i told you this when we saw dr strange they were like oh you want to know how we can make billions of dollars hundreds of billions of dollars with these next upcoming movies and tv shows with no consequences open a multiverse and create a bunch of movies that don't matter and marvel knows that no matter what they put in theaters even if it's trash they will make a billion freaking dollars off of it and they're giving us too many things at once i want to like want them you told me thor was out and i was like and i i do want to say i love thor i really do like thor and i think chris hemsworth as thor is fantastic movie even numbers, in this movie i'm just going to say that is true of this movie but danielle before this movie had only ever seen thor Okay, well, but still, I really like Thor. I, I have problems with other superheroes, but Thor, in general, love him. But um, I didn't even really feel the desire to go see this movie because I also just saw Doctor Strange, and I'm still watching Miss Marvel, and there's just too much going on. And so you're giving me so many characters and so many storylines that it's hard for me to care about them. Whereas it's like, I think about Iron Man, Captain America, my boy Ant-Man. Like when all those movies came out, I was like, heck yeah, I've missed them. I'm ready for a story that matters in this universe. And now they have a universe that is like, here we go. I, like, I don't know. And sorry. I'm no, I, I, I'm, I'm loving this. I didn't realize you had this much to like take on our whole schedule. But I did tell you this as well. I think this phase that they're in, is this three? Four? I, th I think we're in phase four. I don't know what that means, but this phase of movies, they're slowly peeling off all the main people because they're like 100 years old now. And they're like, we're setting up for the young Avengers, all the little baby kids. So in this movie, a new one's introduced. Her name is Love. We'll talk about. Which I actually, I, I like the idea of casting, casting this much. That's a necessary thing. I like the idea of choosing to have a young Avengers or yeah, West Coast Avengers. Me too. But the thing that was awesome about phase one, which would, if you like look at it this way, if phase three and the end of that is sort of the, the closure of the stories essentially of all of our main people, like our, you know, our Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, like those are the first three, and then those are all in there. Like those are the sort of four mains or whatever. You've got your peripherals, your, your Black Widows who also had their send off, and, and you know, your Hawkeye maybe is also gone. But if that's their closure, I love that. But think then back to what phase one was and how each one of those movies was a good sort of character piece for the most part to get to, to actually like you left iron man knowing who this version of tony stark iron man is as a person and i had started an arc and then kind of continues that arc in other ways and there's some falter steps that i know that like some of the movies maybe you could argue take some steps back um but that being that you give like a character that you care about love in this movie if she's going to be in the future literally did not exist until the last like five minutes of the movie i mean she was in the beginning and the Yes, but like did not speak, literally did not speak in the first part of the movie. Because she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I just want to name off these young Avengers who I think are coming up. Love, you have Kate Bishop from Hawkeye's, uh, Hawkeye, <laughs> the TV show, which actually, that was enjoyable. I liked that one. Um, uh, The little sister of Black Widow. What's her name? Well, Yelena, but mm -hmm. she becomes Black Widow. Oh, well, know, okay. Um, who else have they introduced? The America Ferrera. America Chavez. America Ferrera. <laughs> yep, I knew that was going to happen. Fuck. 
Amanda, Amanda Chavez. Chavez and Dr. Strange, which I have I really liked a lot of what I have read about her in, in comic books and things of that nature. And then again, like there is a really cool, I think, potential backstory there, but they like did it as a 30 second throwaway in a Doctor Strange movie that there's just like, I don't care. Yeah. And then allegedly, um, Tommy and Wanda's kids. Billy, I think. Tommy, Tommy and Billy, Billy and Tommy. Wiccan and Speed. They're allegedly now in the universe. Um, At least in the multiverse. What's Idris Elba's name? Heimdall. Heimdall's oh, yeah, son yeah, is his... in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And obviously Miss Marvel. Now, we can do a whole another podcast about Miss Marvel. Because would that you... was actually good. You would do that with me? TBD. <laughs> Anyways, again, it's at Danny Miami or hashtag Miss Marvel. Yes, okay. Don't forget that hashtag Miss Marvel. Yes, at Danny Miami. Or anyway, no. It, and actually, I don't know. And this is I hesitate. I wonder whether Love and Heimdall's son will even be characters that they go forward with. I don't know that they were in at least. But, but I mean, like, they've been kind of they've been doing different iterations with Miss Marvel, for example. And Love, I feel like is. The character Eternity, which I think became a superhero at some point, so maybe they will. But they'll just have like different ways to call it. I don't know. This is just yeah. But either way, like I don't, I don't care right now. Like I, either this maybe that maybe the current phase is meant to be a handoff, and you know, we're gonna get movies with these other characters that will make us care. But right now, I couldn't care less. And the Great. fear is that they're gonna like, especially with like the Marvels, for example. And Miss Marvel becomes a good example because now at least with her her um series, when we go into Marvels, it's a handoff. From Captain Marvel to Miss Marvel is is like it happens. I I now care about Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. but like, and this will get into another thing that I I especially in our podcast being about love. I don't know about anyone else. My biggest joke I feel like was always that Thor seemed to just never act like Thor never talked to to Jane Foster. Like he was like he was in there for Thor one, and then he was on Earth for the Avengers. But it seems like did he even ever talk to her? Because it was like he just came for just this one thing and. There's, you know, four two, and then it just seems like there was never any indication. In fact, any time that she came up, and I understand, I think that there's behind the scenes reasons for this, but any time that Jane Foster came up, it was only for him to be like, "Yeah, here's why she's not here right now," or "No, we're on the rocks right now," or "Jane and I actually broke up." Like, essentially telling me that there there's nothing to that relationship. And then in this movie, we suddenly pull a fast one, and then towards the beginning, there's this like montage of their relationship that does not work in terms of trying to communicate what would apparently be years of of an actual caring relationship that gives you any kind of stakes don't care about it don't care about the stakes don't give a crap about these two in a relationship yeah so maybe we should start just kind of going through thor and how it's set up the two hours that do exist the beginning of the movie seemed like a completely different movie to me i was very confused because we open with christian bale who as an actor, Christian Bale did a great job in this movie. That was one of he my was creepy looking. pluses for this entire thing. Like, I, I'm, like, I'm looking at my phone, movie lovers, and, and it's because I'm like, oh, okay, I've got all my negative comments that I want to, I don't usually like, but we'll see the entire movie step by step by step by step. Okay. But anyway, I have all of my complaints, and then I have my pluses, but, but Christian Bale's performance was great. Was good. And it's important to talk about because that sets up the whole movie of well, one of the movies in this movie of Gore is dying, his very last dying wish. Well, he's dying, but his daughter's dying too. I don't know how they got in the desert, but he's he has so much faith in his God. He finally meets his God and his God laughs in his face. 
And that makes him so mad that he wants to go murder gods because he's like, I spent my entire life dedicated to you. I thought you would save my daughter. Look what you did. Now that part, at, when it first started, I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah, I'm that. on board for this movie. Okay. And then Thor is going to try to stop him because Thor is a god, right? Or son of a god. Yep. Um, that's what it's going to be. But then enter Jane Foster. You just, now you go to a different character, essentially. Yeah. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy come up. Which is like, again, that is, it's a, it's a quick sequence that, like, it's one more that, frankly, and, and somebody else that was in the trailer. Out. It was in the trailer, and somebody else pointed this out, though, that, like, it is, that is, to me, the most offensive thing that is, like, just reverting to all of Thor's progress. So, again, we're forgetting all of his progress that's seemingly, like, getting past Jane, and now all of a sudden he's been hung up on it the whole time. What? Uh, we're also, like, he's had this whole arc of kind of trying to come to a place where he understands his responsibility, he understands the weight of his power, he's going to be more sensitive to the, like, effects that he has on people. And then the movie opens with him just destroying this, like, city for an entire civilization that is also, like, a religious place for the most important thing. Yeah. He's trying to, like, save these people from these, like, weird chicken-looking things, which I enjoyed. I thought they were funny. Owls. The, the sequence was funny. Things. It was a lot of boom, boom, pew, pew, action. Thor's arms. Never mad about his arms. Because he was wearing a vest. It was. Yeah, okay. It but was it was also, like. The Guardians of the Galaxy were trying to help these people, and Thor's like, screw you guys, I'm going to just be super powerful and destroy everything, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy just leave him. Yeah, and, yeah, so legitimate, like, there's no explanation for them just leaving. It's like, how long have you guys been together? Are you leaving because he's a big dolt? If, it, if he has become a big dolt, when did he become a big dolt? He was like this, you know, there's such a failed opportunity. Speaking of, like, you know, the rough times that we've had, stormy times, Thor went through some stormy times through, you know, Infinity War and Endgame, and now it's just like, nah, I'm back to being silly, stupid Thor, and I have no sense of responsibility. And the stuff with, like, Thor Ragnarok, which was still Taika, that had a lot of depth to it, whereas now this this new version or whatever, if, even, even if he hadn't destroyed it, you could have done the sort of same laughable sequences, but had his response be something deeper. Had his response be like, crap, I feel bad about this, I'm trying to be better, I'm really wrestling with this, instead of just like, Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. And then he gets parted from the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I really wanted. Which I feel like, to I me, and to... this is one of my... Sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. I was going to say, this to me is like the same problems we have going on sometimes in Star Wars. I love giving unique opportunities to, to, to filmmakers to make things their own. But be respectful of also what's happened before you. Like, yeah. The new Star Wars trilogy, I think its biggest flaw isn't even how much some different choices of Ryan Johnson is that there was no apparent continuity in the trilogy. It was just like this. We're sitting up some things, and then the person in the middle is like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want and ignore everything that was set up. And then the person who comes back after is like, I'm going to actually go back and try to redo all of the things that you took out, and then I'm going to set up again, and I'm going to do your things. It felt mm-hmm. very much like Taika was doing the same thing. Like yeah. The Russo brothers had set up this cool idea of as Guardians of the Galaxy, and then he was just like, I don't want to do that, so, bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah, so then that story ended right there, and they had just set up the God Butcher story, and then they flash, oh, and he gets goats. That's the main point of that. He gets gifted goats for helping save something, even though he, like, ruined a temple that was bajillions of years old. Which, those goats were really funny for some. So, like, screaming goats, and everybody's seeing, like, memes or whatever with screaming goats. It was fun. It was funny the first time. It was funny that they give it to him that they're kind of like, oh, this is your gift. Ha, 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 ha. Thanks, bye. Get out of here. Because they know that they're giving him these, like, annoying screaming goats. But then the screaming goats are, like, they be 
something like a dead horse. Like a and dead it was goat. Dead. Like a dead goat. It was dead after like the first or second time. It was like good as a first or second joke. Cool. Chuckle. Awesome. Great. Moving on. Nope. Nope. It's there for the whole friggin' movie. Yep. Anyway. So then we cut to Jane Foster. And personally, because I didn't watch the first two Thors, I wasn't acquainted with Jane Foster, but Natalie Portman, you flashed to her having cancer. And also, but you can't. Like, I mean, no. Like, not only have we not set it up, but guys, I think part of the reason this may be true, like the backstory behind the scenes, but like, there's no chemistry. There's, I don't know. And Natalie Portman is an amazing actress. She is amazing actress. And Thor is, I mean, Chris Hemsworth. We've already talked about his arms. I mean, guys, this is the like most ripped, most gorgeous Chris Hemsworth has ever been because the scene from the the trailers, you actually do get to see his butt. So I think he must have just like really, really worked. Yeah, it. that was my favorite scene. I had to go. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, but like, I don't know how a person, how a good actress, can't figure out chemistry with this guy. You know what I mean? I don't know what the deal is there, but I'm just like, what the heck is not happening here? And why did we force them back together? Yeah. So the deal is that Natalie Portman, sorry, Jane Foster has cancer. And then somehow she looks at a book of Asgardian uh, like mythology. Lore. Like she's just like looking at a mythology. And then she's like, I'm gonna go to New Asgard. And I was like, why is this what was this motivation? But the thing I want to say about Natalie Portman for most of this movie is that she didn't give a fuck. She was not actually acting. She was like being almost um like holier than thou, like she was too good to be in Marvel. And it came through, and it took me out of the freaking story. Because Chris Hemsworth, like I said, even though he, I mean, he's given what he's given as an actor, right? He was Thor the whole movie. He was great Thor. He's committed to Thor. He was committed to trying to make it look like they loved each other. And Natalie Portman was like, I am Natalie Portman. I'm above this. I was in a movie a long time ago, and now I have to be in this movie. Well, I'm just going to, like, phone it in. Yeah. Worse than Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Because they're both really good actresses, and I will give you credit. The one I've actually never heard them complain about having to be in these movies. Mm-hmm. Person I have heard complain about that is Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. And as much as I don't love what they chose to do with the character in Doctor Strange, she killed it. She killed it. Yeah. She brought it. Like, yeah. And she she clearly has had issues with like, man, it's really a pain in the ass that I have to be you know coming back for these, and I don't get to do sort of more serious roles. But then she just made the best of the role that she had. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta give her props. Natalie Portman, I lost a lot of respect for her in this movie. But, continuing on with the story. So then she shows up at New Asgard. Somehow she's like, and then, how do you say his name? Mjolnir. 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 It's spelled MJ, right? <laughs> Something like that. It's got a J in it. It does. Um, suddenly goes back together and she becomes the, the mighty, mighty Thor. Thor. Yeah. Not Lady Thor. That's a joke later on. She's not Lady Thor. She's Which came out of nowhere, Thor. too. So all of a sudden she can just wield Mjolnir. Like the only other person that could pick him up is Captain America. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's at least from what we see. There's a whole scene of the Avengers trying to pick up this dang ha- hammer. Well, and that's another thing. Like when when it's supposed to be a big deal, supposed to be that award, all that jazz. Not having because I don't. I think they do the flashback later on, right, where you actually see the two of them together after she. So, so you haven't seen the flashback because there's a setup of sorts in that flashback that maybe at some point Thor like was speaking to the hammer, which that's a whole thing that the, the, the weapons have personalities that has never existed before. 
except for Doctor Strange's cape. I'm talking about oh, specifically Thor's yeah. weapons. The, yeah. the Stormbreaker and Mjolnir have never had a personality before. Now they both have their own unique, distinct personalities. Yeah. Uh, and are jealous of each other. Like yeah. Pets. Um, <laughs> but so he says to Mjolnir, like, oh, you know, I really love her very much or something. And it's almost like he's talking under his breath to himself. He's like, you know, protect her, look out for her always or something like that. And then Mjolnir glows. And it's like, okay, here it is. If that had even happened, at least before she picks it up, like, but when someone picks up Thor's hammer, that should be like a a gasp or a, like a cheer moment, like the way it was when you first pan and you see, you kind of know it's coming, but the moment you see it, and then Captain America has it in his hand in Endgame, explosion through the yeah. theater. It should yeah. be that moment. Yeah. The moment she picks it up, it should be that moment. Yeah. It's not there. Don't care. Yeah. And so the whole story is that because she has cancer, if she's wielding Mjolnir, she's not sick. While she's wielding it, like while yeah. she is my daughter. Yeah, and she's dying, and she's stage four, and blah, blah, blah. I'm not downplaying cancer. Obviously, my dad died from cancer. I'm just saying it wasn't, I didn't feel for it in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It didn't and, make me care. And it shouldn't be hard to make someone who has that history care. Yeah. But they, somehow they managed to not. Yeah, so anyways, Thor and Thor run into each other, and they have to save the world from God Butcher, and they decide the best place to do that is at um omni city oh yeah because it's like omnipotent omnipotent city i don't know that word omnipotent yeah so like a city of gods and so this is where we get russell crowe zeus who is doing a accent affectation that i i don't know i heard somewhere that maybe it was supposed to be like a spoof on a well-known like australian joker or something i thought it was like offensive it was it was he you said he was supposed to be greek yeah, because he's Zeus. Zeus. <laughs> and his accent is like a horrible Russian accent. Yeah, I don't know what that was. I mean, I, I guess it was kind of some like joke or stereotype versions of what I've seen for Greek accent, but like truly like an offensive, outdated joke kind of thing. It would be like, you know, and this is maybe too simplistic or, or probably going too far, but it's like, you know, it'd make it a like me Chinese, me, me, pee pee in your cokes kind of thing or something like that. It was that level of like, this is offensive. And it has been for a very long time. And we should know that that's offensive. Let's not make that joke. Yeah, I don't like, like that. You're making that, but yeah, right? Like, and that's what I'm saying. Is it's like in that same vein. Yeah, I think that if he talked like Russell Crowe, I'd believe it more. Yeah. So like, just have your just, Russell Crowe voice. Yeah, let it be his, his Aussie or whatever. He doesn't have to do any kind of accent. I will say he did a good job acting in the role that he was given. That was fine. It's just like, I, again, didn't care why they were there. And allegedly, they had to go there to get the Thunderbolt. Well, and that's another thing. That whole sequence, to me, felt unneeded. Like, and even if it was, and I'm sure it's like, oh, well, you got Russell Crowe, so you got a pan. But it's like, why did you need that? Again, like, if it was just the weapon, then have it be a cool heist sequence where they go find the weapon and take the weapon. Yeah. This was also the scene where you do get to see... Thor's butt. Maybe it's Chris Hemsworth. Maybe it's someone else. I don't. You don't know whose butt it is. But oh, that is totally Chris Hemsworth. There's no. There's it, no double. There. He has a very beautiful body, and all the women and the men faint. The that one. <laughs> that, was <laughs> that was very funny. It was I, a good was, bit. It was, a I was sweating a lot at that scene. Yeah, it was great. But other than that, it's like okay, then they murder a bunch of gods, and the blood is cool because they bleed gold. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was continuous to this thing that they did with Sam Raimi's. Uh, multiverse of madness of like we're going to find other substances so we can almost make things a little more adult a little bit more gory but it, it still passes in terms of it's not real blood so it's not going to be you know bad for sensory mm -hmm. and then they hop on there oh and then um what's his face 
dies, kind of. What's his name? Talking about, oh, yeah, go, um, Taika Waititi's voice character. Um, um, balls. That's not his name. <laughs> Korg. 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 I was like, it's Thorg. Korg. Korg. Yeah, which again, like, let the emotional stakes happen. Yeah, he dies, but then his face comes back to life, and then he regenerates. I do, I do particularly like the sort of like thumb in your nose uh, bit, though, where like his entire species is just male, and they're all you know you, you like regenerate, you, you by... regenerate, and then you, you <laughs> give offspring by just holding hands and stepping into a lava flow. Where it's like he's just doing it for that Jordan and was just like, I like that. But yeah, that was fine. Most of the bits I did not like. This whole bit. And this the other thing, sequence. oh yeah, we forgot to say that the children are stolen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what the this motivation is. I can't remember. Is the motivation to get the children or to get the? Oh, I guess he has the children. Gore has the children, so they have to go get the children. Yeah, and I guess it was the idea there. Is that, and again, it, I feel like this is like kind of how to like think about it about it because it wasn't actually shown that well or explained that well. But I guess the bit is Gore the God Butcher knows that he needs the Bifrost. He knows that um, Stormbreaker Thor's is the key. axe is the key because it has the, the, the Bifrost, and so he's like getting. Thor to come meet him where he needs the Bifrost to be, as opposed to like just stealing it from him, which would probably be more difficult as you know, his, his baddies butts, but yeah. So it then just felt so contrived. They drive a boat on a rainbow led by goats. And here's the other thing that I, I want to say too. that we've gotten this far in the movie, and not, neither of us have mentioned Tessa Thompson, Valkyrie. Not her fault. She, she, she did nothing in this movie, unfortunately. I yeah, her so character negative. was not written for... We, we really are. She played it, well, she acted well, everything was fine, but that's all she had. And I would say that the moments, actually, one of my, positive, my other positives was Jane and Tessa Thompson's moment, Jane and Valkyrie's moments. I really like, I wanted to see that movie. She's got more chemistry mm-hmm. with her and Tessa Thompson than she does with her and Thor. Like, okay, so go have that movie. But I'm sure, like, they probably only were able to get Natalie Portman back for one. Mm-hmm. So you can't have both. You can't have the movie where, like, you actually have parents, the two characters off on the side, and then they come back with Thor. No, you have to have, like, all of it in one thing. But I was like, that's too bad, because I like seeing these two together. I like their vibe with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they were going to be a couple. But, because Valkyrie is confirmed gay in this as well. Yep. Which I always thought she was, but. Yeah, well, I think it's known that it maybe that she is in the comics, too. But, like, yeah, that's, again, first time. And I'm glad at least I personally have not heard that too much. One thing I don't like is when Disney especially has this tendency to be like, as the movie's coming out, they're like, we have the first ever of this. And they're trying to like get themselves applauded and patted on the back. Meanwhile, it's like, again, sort of this one single comment that's like, she says that she was in love with a woman or something like that. And it's like, that's it. It's just this throwaway line that took two seconds. And I'm, I'm a cisgender straight man, so maybe I'm wrong to say this, but like, Maybe that representation matters to someone who, who actually is that. I, if I were in that situation, I'd rather the representation of like just having an actual meaningful character who maybe there's even a storyline that's important about their love, and there it is, and it's, it happens to be with someone of the same sex. And there's not this moment where we're pointing it out and we're saying that this is what it's about, and nobody is like doing a press thing about it, saying like, "Come applaud us because we are so positive for for gay rights," <laughs> and then have it be this this one throwaway thing. Like, I will say, actually, I think this movie did it better than other movies. Yeah. They're like, this person's gay! Or the same thing in Star Wars, where they're like, the first gay kiss. And it's like, at the end... It's these in the background. Yeah. 
Um, this, I think they did a better job of not putting it in your face and like just making you accept it. So I will give this movie credit because I also think Taika Waititi is woke. <laughs> so he like knows how to do it better than other people probably do. That's fair. That's fair. I'll say that. Like it's, it's a little long, but I think they did, that they did pass the bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's just annoying that it has to be a thing at all. It's like, just let these characters be characters. But yeah. anyways, so then, yeah, Tessa Thompson does a great job with what she's got, but she's got not a lot. Then she gets hurt. And then they go back to the end, save the children, fight the god butcher actually oh and rewind the children scene thor gives them the power of thor all these children because he's like i don't have anyone to battle with me king valkyrie is uh hurt and then at this point jane foster's in the hospital because we find out that even though the hammer is not making her sick when she's thor when she's not thor she is still dying which that was an obvious ploy to make sure that uh Mjolnir ends up in the hands back with like like, and they're kind of setting it up like, oh, he's actually still in love with his, his hammer and he doesn't really love um, Stormbreaker. And then, like, that's the thing that I thought was like, that joke was good once, but then the sort of like continuous Stormbreaker's jealous and it's they have these personalities. I'm like, you've never established this and it's just really dumb and it does not land as a joke, in my opinion. I will say, the fight scenes in this, I'd, I'd say both of the yes. big fight sequences are very cool okay. and I actually love. So, seeing this, you already know, but like, Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. Because it was shattered in a previous movie, it is now in pieces, and now it can not only be thrown around and used the same way the hammer always has been, but it can also be like thrown in a way that all the shards go out and go spreading and like hit multiple big targets and, and then come back together. That was very cool. I Agreed. thought that was a very cool sequence and choice to make. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then we get to the point where Jane Foster basically says, "You have one more chance. You can no longer be Thor because then you're going to die because it's going to take all your power." And she says she's going to do it for Thor. And then, da da da, she shows up and saves the day um, at the last moment. But again, back to the kids. The coolest part of this movie, besides Thor's butt, was <laughs> he gives the children the power of Thor, like temporary power of Thor, and they become little Thors, and they all have their weapons, and some of them have stuffed animals, and they're fighting these shadow creatures. And we found out that the shadow creatures were actually drawn by those children. That they made real life by his children. I was gonna say I don't think it was the children that are acting. I think it was like Taika and Chris Hemsworth's children. Yeah. Because, by the way, also kind of found this out. And this is like whatever. The the girl love at the end of this movie is Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Real life daughter. Real, real life daughter. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, battle, battle. I actually turned to Nick at the end because I didn't understand the ending, and I think maybe I'm dumb, but also I can't be the only one that missed. There was like one tiny line saying, if someone finds eternity. First is the first person to find eternity. I think that's the important part. The part that's hard to me because I don't read the comics is to me, eternity is a concept. So I thought Gore was just looking for eternity to be happy because he couldn't find it with his God, as was shown in the beginning. So the whole time I thought he was literally searching for happiness and a forever, ever. And instead, he's searching for a thing eternity to wish into yeah so he had to find a wish for he was going to wish all the gods dead but instead allegedly thor convinces him to wish his daughter alive instead yeah and i'm way more of a dc nerd but i would not even have been familiar with the character of eternity if it weren't also for me like specifically listening to, to other podcasts and other things that talk about like i don't that's such a deep cut into comics that it's not like a casual comic book reader would know that. Yeah, it was just confusing to me. Let alone somebody who's not a casual comic book reader at all, like no comic book 
so Jane is dying at the end. Gore is dying at the end. And that's when I got confused because his daughter comes back to life. Thor lives, obviously. And then Thor adopts love and they become love and thunder. And that was the last 90 seconds of the movie. Which is the title of the um, before we go, because yes, all that, and that's the, all the bad parts that happen. I personally, and I think it goes with the first half of this, this episode, the, like, some of the things that I do think work are right here at the end, and I just wish they had done a better job setting it up. I wish they'd done a better job explaining, like, who or what Eternity is. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, just set it up in different ways where it's said more than once, that it's like, you have to, you know, you're going to put your first person their wishes and guess whatever they want, kind of thing. So we're focusing more on the like first person and the wish because these are kind of critical things. Because when you get to this point, the door opens, Gore goes in first, and Thor goes in and basically is like Thor's like, well, we've already lost, and then he makes this, this last plea of sorts that only makes sense again if you didn't know, like if you know and understand that Gore's the only one who's going to get a get a wish. Because you turned to me at one point where was like, why doesn't Thor just turn around and ask for his own thing if Gore had killed everyone? Like, why wouldn't he just wish for his own thing or something like mm-hmm. that? It's like, well, it was that whole piece that you might have missed that it's just the first person in who gets it. But the other thing here is like, so we've done this thing where we've set up the this sort of terrible character, but I love the beauty that happens at the end there. And it is this idea of love being a choice. When you've been hurt, when you've been wronged, by a person, by the universe, by life itself, you can choose to hold on to that and be better, or you can choose love. You can choose happiness. You can choose the thing that is bringing more positivity into the world. Gore, because of him getting there, not all of us are going to ever have this literal choice the way that Gore did, but Gore had this literal choice of, I can choose anger, vengeance, and holding on to my hatred for what the gods have done wrong to me, what the universe has done wrong to me, or I can choose love. And that's the thing that Thor communicates. That it's like, I feel like if it had been set up better, it would have punched harder. Like you, that should that should be the moment where you're just like, oh, that, like I'm feeling that. And I was just kind of like, oh, that's a cool idea. So, but I like the idea. And it was this, so then Gore, Thor says to Gore, like, don't choose. Uh, you know, vengeance, it's not going to bring back what you really want. What you really want is for your daughter to be back. That's the thing that you're fighting for. That's the thing that you're upset about. And funny enough, and it actually had not occurred to me. Like, literally the whole movie, he's wishing for one thing. It never once occurred to me until the moment when Thor says it to Gore. It's funny to say that. Until the moment when Thor says it to Gore, it never occurred to me that, like, hey, why not just use your wish to get your daughter back? You're so bitter and angry about this. Don't be, like, about killing gods. Instead, be like, I could get my daughter back. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so that's what he does. And that's the sort of thing. But then Gore dies, and it's sort of like, wait, he was dying? What? Huh? Yeah. He was what? Where? Yeah. What's what? Huh? Because he literally was like, well, I, I would bring her back, but then I won't be able to take care of her. And then he Jane said, Foster. She will be alone. Yeah, she will be alone. And then Jane Foster's like, she won't be alone. And it's like, wait, but Jane Foster, you're dying. So that's you're, why I got you're so... signing Thor up to, to be it. Like, there's been no indication this entire movie that Thor would ever want to be a parent at all. That line made me so confused. I was like, oh, so he's whipping his daughter and herself into heaven. Oh, that would have been That's nice what too. I thought they were doing. That would have been where that would have worked. But he wishes his dead daughter back to life without him, which it's, I like the idea that he chose love over vengeance, but 
then now all of a sudden Thor allegedly has wanted a kid this whole time. Yeah. And Which now she like, has a what? kid. Huh? Again, it's like, then they have that like post-credit or it felt like a post-credit, but I think it was a post-credit scene. Of that 90 seconds of Thor, Love, and Thunder going off together, sort of at the beginning, like they did Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. It's like him and his daughter go off to go fight, you know, things around the universe. Which is fine, but like, again, it's like no indication. And in fact, They've again, like I said at the beginning, set this up to be like Thor's a big dum dum. You would never want him in charge of anything, and then we're gonna hand him a kid. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> There's no setup for that whatsoever. So I wish I there have... were multiple movies. That I feel like it could have been better. Yeah. yeah. There's just a lot of choices they made that I'm like, why'd you do that? Yeah. I will say the only other thing that I also so going in the same vein of what is a choice. Mm-hmm. The thing that got closest to making me tear up. Hitting the mic with her earphones. Um, I think it was Jane, or I can't remember which one. Jane and Thor say to each other, and it was like the one moment where I kind of almost believed their chemistry. One of them says, "You made me worthy. You made me worthy," and that to me was like ooh, a little bit of a punch, like a uh, my partner, my person. And then, so going back to the first half of this, everyone find the person who makes you worthy. Or if you've ever seen the classic Oscar-worthy movie with uh, Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson, as good as it gets, there's this beautiful line where he says, with this like weird story in terms of medication, but he says, you make me want to be a better person. Like that to me was the same thing. You made me worthy. Find the partner. Oh, are you crying? Or is no, that I yawned. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You are not making me feel at all. Anyway, all right. Well, that was the one thing. I was like, no, that line, yeah, that line good. was good. But again, it, it should have had more. It should hit more. It should have had more emotional stakes. I didn't get to care about these these characters. I, I don't, and it made me sad because Thor really Thor Ragnarok was very definitely top five, three, possibly my absolute favorite of all of the movies. So I was actually the most excited for this movie than I have been for like any Marvel property in a very yeah. long time, and it disappointed. Yeah. And I think that's. That movie lovers would be like, oh man, these, these guys are being really rough on it. Please know Sorry. that that's that's a big reason too. Like the high expectations that I had, I will admit that, but that's then it did not meet them and then some. So that's yeah. why I'm not very happy with it. And nothing against Tiger because I've always liked everything he's done. I just think he got his head maybe got too big and he's like, oh, I'm doing this again. Let's see where we can take it. And then they just didn't have enough time to put all the things that he probably wanted in there. So, it could be. It could be. I don't know. I don't want a director's cut like. They do for what is that Justice League? I don't want to watch four hours of this movie. Though. No, actually, and I've, I've heard supposedly that he has come out and specifically said he does not want anyone to ever see that. Okay. Which I kind of like. I, I feel the same way. I don't know that it's a better version or anything like that. But. Yeah. So really quickly, there's two obviously because it's Marvel post credit, mid credit, whatever. The mid credit scene: Zeus is back alive again. No stakes in any of these worlds, <laughs> even though he was killed. Uh, and he's like, "You must go avenge me." Sun, and then you turn and you see Hercules. And I actually did, didn't I grab you? And I was like, <gasps> Yeah, I got very excited for this person, yeah, who's gonna play Hercules. So if you're a Ted Lasso fan, this guy, <laughs> what's his name? Kent. Kent. What's his first name? I can't remember right now. Mark. No. Marcus. Roy. Roy I Kent. <laughs> Roy Kent. Roy Kent. Roy Kent. Is gonna play Hercules allegedly if that ever happens. So. That was great. 
I ship that. Yeah, <laughs> I ship me and Roy Kent. I'm down for that. Um, the second, the end. Not, not for you and Roy Kent. <laughs> <laughs> the end credit theme scene is another very, very handsome man, Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. Welcomes Jane Foster into Valhalla, and I'm like, cool. Which again, I mean, both <laughs> of those things indicate one of my biggest problems with this current phase is it doesn't feel like we have a place we're going for a film. It feels like if you look back, the first phase was like we know we're heading to Avengers, and then after that, it basically we know we're heading to get to Infinity Gauntlet. Like I think the first part, the very first phase when they're bringing them together, it was just Avengers. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Then they were like, we're definitely going to do this. There's enough people on board after the first Avengers movie. We're going to go for the Infinity Gauntlet. We're going to bring it down. And everything looked like it was heading that way in a way that made sense. It's so far, this phase feels like we're going to throw spaghetti at the wall and just hope something sticks. Yeah, then we're going to kill everyone but say, ah, 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 just kidding. Kill them, but they're still alive in case we ever want to bring them back. Yeah, yes. and lots of multiverses where they can exist anyways. Yeah, so. it, just, it just feels so corporate to me. Is really <sighs> well, Nick, we said we were going to make a shorter... It's still uh, it's shorter than most of ours okay. anyway. But we had some feelings on this, and I'm so sorry, movie lovers, if you're mad at us. And if you liked it, tell us why. Maybe I like having conversations with people about why they like things. I just did not like this movie, unfortunately, and I don't want Natalie Portman back in Marvel. Yeah, I have to agree. So uh, would you renew your vows and what is your art rating out of five? Nope, I'm not watching this movie ever again. Sorry. Except for the one scene, the butt scene. <laughs> Um, and out of five, I'm gonna give this a 2.5. I, I'm very, very similar. I think because I almost, like, I think as I was thinking about it right now, I have to give it a little bit more props for some of those good things that we talked about, especially some of the, like, fight scenes that I think were really cool with this. So I'm gonna give it a 2.75. I also think my just, like, love of Marvel is going to give it a bump compared to you, but it is, it, it's among my least favorite. Yeah. Um, which is really sad. Hopefully the Marvel will make another good movie and we'll be able to be like, man, this is awesome. It's a five out of five. In the future. But I, I, I similarly would not renew it. I, I, only if I, and I don't know that this will ever happen again because it's getting longer, but the only way I can see myself watching it is I truly like committed to, for whatever reason, a full rewatch of the entire um, universe again. That would be the only time. Uh, and it would be like almost out of obligation, which I don't think I'm ever going to do again. So pass. Probably not going to ever see it again. But anyway, movie lovers. If you disagree with us, if you do agree with us, come tell us on social media. If you don't agree with us, come talk to us. Be respectful and be like, hey, here's, here's the things I loved about it. Or, you know, I, I you're allowed to have your opinion, but here's the reasons I like the movie. I'd love to hear that. I literally, my handle is at Nick Loves Movies. I love movies. I love talking about movies. <laughs> Find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. And, you know, at Nick Loves Movies, N-I-C-L-U-V, Nick Loves Movies. And then tell me what you thought. Danny, where, they, where can they find you to tell you about that? Uh, you can find me at Danny Miami 4 on Instagram, but you don't have to tell me about this. She's like, don't add me. <laughs> you In can add our N Love with Movies that's Instagram or Twitter. Twitter at the letter N Love with Movies, all spelled out in Love with Movies. Instagram and Instagram. Instagram. Instagram on and Twitter. Uh, at the time of this, uh, when this releases, there will also be some contents now on our Patreon for some reviews and things of that nature and some reactions. Um, so go help support us there if you're at all interested. If not, totally fine. Uh, just you know, give us a like and a review of any kind. If you like hearing us or if you're like, man, these people totally had it right. Share us with a friend who's like, yeah, I'm going to love hearing someone else uh, all over this movie because I didn't love it either. <laughs> Do that and share us on your any uh, with your friends. Just pass it along. That's like truly probably the best thing you do. Find an individual person that you 
think would enjoy uh, hearing us talk or might relate to the first half of this podcast and be like, yeah, love is really hard sometimes. And yeah. maybe need they, maybe they need a little encouragement getting through a stormy time that they're in right now, even. Um, feel free to share that with people. Uh, find us on our socials. Don't forget to like, subscribe uh, if you're watching us on YouTube and also give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you do that because that helps us out and we'll have a love note. If you ever do that, we will actually be able to share that with individuals. So if you're a new listener, especially, and I know there's a couple of out there. So go ahead and do that. And anything else, Danny? I love you, Nick. I love you too, Danny. And, and we, we love, love you, you movie, movie lovers. lovers. Hey! <laughs> Bye-bye.